to Ghoulish Tendencies. I'm Gabby. And I'm Kim. And we are two paranormal investigators who delve into the depths of the famous and not-so-famous cases of Moida Ghosts, Legends and Lore, with a healthy dose of debunking. Indeed. I'm so glad I have a voice back. I'm so sorry, everyone. <laughs> yeah, how dare you be sick? How dare you be sick? Uh, you it's know, rude. Just glad that I don't sound like a sexy gentleman. I kind of miss it. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, I'll bring it back. <gasps> oh, Gabby. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. That was You're just welcome. for me. You know, just for you. Only for Kim. Uh, heart that's dead and black and cold. Doubt I do. I do have a cold, dead heart. It's one of my many, many attractive qualities. We love to hear it. <laughs> I will say, it. it's funny. I, uh, I, you know, I, I, I talk about this on occasion that I, I teach um, theater and film to, to kids and teens. And like, I don't know what it is lately. I've had so many of them saying to me, well, we thought you were really scary in the beginning. And we realized you're just kind of <laughs> loud and sound that way. <laughs> Wait, um, so are they referring to resting bitch they, voice? They are. They don't realize that they're referring to my resting bitch voice. Uh, but <laughs> well, and to be fair, like yes, I do have a fairly loud voice. Um, I'm used to talking to you. Project. Groups. I project. It, it gets me in trouble when I'm doing audio. I, I uh, guest recorded a while back on. It wasn't strange. Ands. They're doing a, um, a Amityville thing, and when when it goes live, I'll we'll publicize it. But. Uh, uh kelly and eric the the two hosts who were absolutely delightful but i'd recorded with them before and they were like maybe sit further back from the microphone this time <laughs> um and then what was awesome is we'd started recording and my microphone apparently wasn't even on and it took a while to figure out because the other microphones were picking me up and i was getting enough spikes that it didn't uh that's very funny <laughs> So I can be a bit loud. <laughs> you know, that's what you need when you're doing ghost tours in public in on public, the street. Yeah, yeah. You gotta project. Well, and and <laughs> you know, uh, classrooms. But uh, I, I can be quieter. It's just, it's my my brain is not. I I have to like think to bring my volume down, and then I'm concentrating on bringing my volume down, and it's a whole. My poor neighbors. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Are you though? No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not. Um, no. Don't ever be sorry for being who you are. Can I it? You know, at this point, there's probably not a lot I can do to change it. Just whisper. Okay. Yeah. No, we're not doing we're that not anymore. Doing That's that. weird. No, it's super weird. <laughs> uh, I will say I I am excited about tonight's case. Ooh. It's it's been on my list for a while, and it has been a little bit since I've done just a straight up ghost story. <gasps> oh, I'm excited. Although, I mean, it is still me. So you know it's not gonna be a totally normal ghost story. <laughs> Even better. Even Love better. Love to hear it. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm gonna be talking about today uh the Hammersmith Ghost. Heck yes. How familiar are you with the Hammersmith Ghost? Have you heard about it before? briefly mm -hmm. uh not in depth yeah, yeah kind yeah. of like in the ways that like we hear about a ghost story and like think it's interesting but never really looked further into sure, it sure 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 and it's been a really long time since so i'm 
as you know, a human that has a brain that's like a goldfish. You? So the me, <laughs> yes, me. Uh, so it'll probably be like it's the first time I'm hearing the story. <laughs> so no, I'm, I'm living for it. I'm living for it. I'm excited. Uh, I do want to give a quick content warning. We will be referencing some stories that involve uh, suicide and self harm. It's not excessive, but it is still part of a story. So just make sure you are taking care of your mental health. Uh, That's important. It is important, yes. And knowing your boundaries, knowing what is going to be good for you to listen to and what's not. Sometimes that also could be a whole episode. Man, that's... (laughs) Wait, okay. No, Kim's already going on a side story. (laughs) We haven't even started yet. (laughs) We haven't started yet. Um, No, that happens to me every so often with horror films. Because for the most part, horror films actually like... Uh, they help my anxiety mm-hmm. but every so often i'll watch something that i find genuinely upsetting and every so often it's a good idea in my brain to revisit these movies that i know are going to upset me <laughs> <laughs> oh that's a whole other thing to unpack but you know what I, like, do you ever do that with like there's like you know, i know this is there's a, a documentary called dear zachary and i know every time i watch it i'm gonna make me it's gonna make me cry and yet and yet, I continue. I continue to watch it, Gabby. It's gonna make me <laughs> My cry. comparison is going to make you, like, roll your eyes into the back oh of your Lord. head and fall out of your is chair. Is it like 90 Day Fiance? No, it's Titanic. Ah! <laughs> okay. <laughs> he would have so fit on the door. He would have fit saying. on the damn door. But, like, I remember when I was younger, I used to watch it, but I, I couldn't. It was when it was on a tape oh my god i'm dating myself it was when it was like <laughs> videotapes before dvds and it was such a long movie that i had two because oh, it was such a long movie the and I'd only mm-hmm. i'd only watch the first tape i never would watch the second tape because i couldn't stand it Aww. but i guess if it were you you would have watched both tapes and they would have been equally uh, as used when it was me i sat there yelling sink faster this is the slowest movie plot of all time it was like, you know what i've only actually ever seen titanic straight through once uh i got dragged to see it in theaters oh no that's a lie i saw it twice because then susan simmons watched it at her birthday party one year and uh all my girlfriends were obsessed with leonardo dicaprio and i was not and Hi. no god he's too much of a like he's too pretty now now well, no, no even that no. I, it's like oh. i don't like the pretty the pretty faces are not my thing you love a pretty pirate i love a pretty pirate but like the <laughs> like the, scruffy. The, I, get the, it. The, I like scruffy well the the boy face the like very boyish face is never <laughs> like the, it's, it's every, you know everybody has their own whatevers but that's never sure. been my my personal the leo's uh and oh, some of the baby faces now that everybody likes like oh what's his name timothy chalamet or whatever yeah, he's a child. He he just I don't <laughs> like the you look perpetually 18 years old. I think when I was a teenager I liked it cuz he looked like it was See, like my age. Even when I was a but teenager like, oh, I was not that was not my jam, but um anyway. Would you say that Titanic moved at a glacial pace? without no uh, <laughs> um but uh, anyway yeah we've got continue we've got, sorry we've got, we've down the road. it's okay we go down a lot of roads uh hammersmith london yes 
London. London. Uh, it's not the first time Hammersmith has popped up in one of our episodes. That's for true. We did a two-part episode on the Hammersmith nude murders that occurred in the 1960s in London. Uh, Hammersmith is an area in West London. It's not too far from where I went to grad school, so I kind of get a kick anytime. Lots I'm, of foxes. Lots of foxes. <laughs> well, and I was in, I was like more, a little bit more West Kensington, but... Uh, Anytime I'm talking about that kind of area, I get a little bit of a kick out of it. Hammersmith in the early 1800s, however, looked a little bit different than it does uh, even in the 60s when the nude murders were happening. It wasn't as developed an area. It didn't have a clear town center. But the, the main road was a busy one. There was lots of inns and houses around. And it was becoming, you know, something of a suburb of London. Sure. In November and December of 1803, people started reporting a ghost that was plaguing the area. Ooh. The apparition was of a man. Reports were varied as to the exact appearance. It ranged from someone dressed in some sort of white garb to a headless horse. <laughs> what? Yeah, it should be noted this is a good 17 years prior to the legend of Sleepy Hollow coming out. Oh, even wait, headless horse or headless horse men? Headless horse. <laughs> okay, because those are two very different those are things. two very different things. <laughs> uh there was even reports that the man had his throat cut. Some said the apparition was wearing a calf skin and had horns. My personal favorite was that he looked like Napoleon Bonaparte. Uh to be fair, this was right at the start of one of the wars with France. So, I don't know, people had Bonaparte on the brain? Sure. I often also, have like, Napoleon I just wanna, on the brain, I don't know. <laughs> one of my friends just had a baby and they took a picture and sent it to me and they were like, it's a very Napoleon pose. <laughs> like, this baby in a Napoleon pose. A lot of babies but I was gonna say like I Napoleon. <laughs> Size-wise, too, I've heard. <laughs> um, he actually wasn't that short. That's a, that's like he one, was. No, that's one of those, like, weird little myths. He was not that short. He was of <laughs> average height, I believe. So a regular size myth, not a little myth. Sure. Got it. <laughs> well, we're in fine form this evening, y'all. We really are. I'm so sorry. It's because I've been so sick for so long that my brain hasn't functioned enough to be dumb. <laughs> so the goofy is alive and well. Uh, well, and speaking of goofy, some of these accounts get real silly. Uh, yes. There was an account of the ghost breathing fire with glowing eyes. Was it Kim on a good day? Hey. <laughs> Let me tell you, I breathe fire on my good days, my bad days, and all days in between. But fire my breathing Kim, fire breathing Kim, watch out with her resting bitch voice. <laughs> we need like a cartoon. Character. I need a T-shirt that just says "resting oh, it's bitch a days." <laughs> it's Kim the cryptid. Kim the cryptid. Uh, now. One of the theories as to who the ghost was, uh, was a man who had committed suicide the previous year by slitting his own throat. Woof, that's hard to do. <sighs> well, it took me a hot second to figure out who this dude might be. Most accounts okay. were real vague. Uh, vague to the point where I was like, mm, did this actually happen? Sure. But... One book I read, Spirits of an Industrial Age, Ghost Impersonations, spring Jack, and Victorian Society by Jacob Moulton. <gasps> that sounds awesome. It's, it's a good, it's a solid book. Uh, it names a man named Thomas Flynn as our possible origin story. 
So according to Middleton, Thomas Flynn was an Irish immigrant who worked for a draper in Bishopsgate. He married a girl from Hammersmith. (laughs) Starting to sound like some kind of folktale. In uh, 1799, and she went to live with him, but they did not have the most solid marriage. Um, The girl's mother would later say that not even a full six weeks went by before her daughter, Flynn's wife, was complaining that he was mistreating her. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah. So she went back to live with her parents. He convinces her to give him another chance. But by July of 1800, she was in front of the magistrate to, quote, swear the peace against him. I had to look this up. I That was not a phrase. What does that mean? Yeah. So apparently, <laughs> at least from what I could figure, she was saying her husband was being violent and she feared for her own physical safety. And in bringing it before a magistrate, it was supposed to put measures in place to protect that person, which kind of made me think of, of like an old timey restraining order. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that sounds like a restraining order. <laughs> yeah. So I, if I was interpreting what I was reading correctly, that's kind of what it was. So she's back in Hammersmith, but Flynn follows her and he is not hmm. taking this well. He's super jealous and he is convinced that she's stepping out on him. Now, her family is so freaked out on her behalf. They moved. Oh, damn. But he finds them again. And on August 1st of 1800, he confronts them. It was described, quote, the most scandalous manner, terrifying his wife and the rest of her family, arming himself with pen knives and threatening to kill them. Damn. Yeah, real stand-up guy. The next morning, he breaks into the house and demands that she return with him. And when she won't, he takes a poker from the fireplace, strikes her over the head. Oh, dang. Now, he's convinced he killed her, so he flees the scene and would later be found by neighbors standing in the middle of the road, stabbing himself in the stomach repeatedly. Ouch. However, the knife must have not been very big or wasn't doing a whole lot of damage, so he takes out a pocket razor... And starts to saw at his own throat. So that did it. (laughs) That's got to take, like, you must really want to do that. (laughs) Oh, yeah. You got to commit to that. That That, that did not sound quite how I intended. Um, Oh, my gosh. Pun? No, no, that was was not. No. That's bad. No. No. Um, But no, you're right. That's, that's. you have to actively continue to make the choice to do it. Right. You can't just do it and be like, ouch. <laughs> yeah. That's um, rough. So people stop him and take him away to try to get a medical attention. Uh, his wife miraculously was not killed, but she was in pretty bad shape. Her skull was fractured and it was Ugh. pretty touch and go, but she did end up recovering. Oh, good. Flynn was not in great shape. He lived for two days, which I think is pretty remarkable. He was able to write letters during this time before he died. Yeah. That's wild. So it's ruled his body would be denied a Christian burial. It would be buried under the highway. But this news spread to the local Irish community, and they protested that this was not the proper way to treat a body. So a whole crowd shows up to protest. Uh, they had to call in soldiers. What? Yeah. Well, and and this kind of goes into... So, like, apparently, this was a time when dying by suicide was illegal, which... Okay. Oh. 
like, what are you? I'm not quite sure what they were thinking they were going to do by declaring that. But one of the ways they were, for lack of a better term, they would punish someone for doing it um, was they would punish the body. Because that's all you got. You can't punish a right. person because they're no longer here. They're dead. So they would punish the body by burying it somewhere that was not consecrated ground. And the soul would be untethered from the body because they died by suicide. And a ghost story would be born. Interesting. Okay. But this is still not an ordinary ghost story because like, okay, sure. Let's say this is the ghost of Thomas Flynn. It's not just a matter of seeing an apparition. This ghost is physically attacking people. Which if one was to take a moment and use some, I don't know, logic. Uh, And I realize it's 1803. Logic about ghosts is maybe asking a lot. But like. A ghost is physically attacking people. I have questions. Yeah, I do. Gabby has questions. That's how you know. <laughs> it's not just Kim who has questions. Gabby has questions. We've aligned much more in the recent years. <laughs> well, and press save in this, because what's interesting is, is you're not the only one who had questions about this. Oh, wow. It's not mm-hmm. just us. Not wow. Just us. Look at that. Uh, according to an article, the ghost would appear as the church bell struck one o'clock in the morning. The, quote, specter seemed to flit along the fields adjacent to Black Lion Lane. There was an account of a driver who had a wagon of eight horses and 16 people inside who were so frightened by the ghost, he ran off and left the wagon and the people. And a newspaper <laughs> would report, quote, As this apparition approached, the driver abandoned his vehicle and fled back into Hammersmith, stricken with fear. Summoning help, he returned to his coach with a number of stout fellows to find that his horses were grazing in a nearby field, their harnesses having been cut. That's very funny. I love that the 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 horses aren't spooked, but the person the horses are fine. The horses are chill. Horses are just like, I'm gonna have a snack. He's like, you know what? I'm gonna take this moment to go have a little nosh. Um, from what I could find, even though the story popped up in newspapers, it was most likely made up. Shocker. <laughs> this is my shocked face. This is my shocked face. You can't see it, but I'm sure you can hear it with my red language <laughs> voice. A pregnant woman who was crossing by the church where the ghost was known to appear at about 10 o'clock one evening said she was grabbed by a white clad figure. She fainted and wouldn't be discovered for hours. Now I found this book. <laughs> it's called... The Newgate Calendar, comprising interesting memoirs of the most notorious characters who have been convicted of outrages on the laws of England. What a great title. It's my new favorite title of a book ever. (laughs) That's such a good title. So lengthy, very wordy, but very like, all right, I'm excited to read this. We're setting setting something up with this. So it talked about the incident. What it said was one poor woman in particular who was far advanced in her pregnancy of a second child was so much shocked that she took to her bed and survived only two days. Wait, so it killed her? Yeah, she died of fright. Uh, wouldn't you know it, what? Gabby? <laughs> I couldn't find an account of this woman having a name. <laughs> yeah, or like any kind of record of a woman dying of fright. Okay, so I did find in Jacob Middleton's book a reference to this story. And apparently there was another book. So many books. <laughs> 
There was another book written in 1804 called Kirby's Wonderful and Scientific Museum. And it said that the woman was frightened by a drunk person, not a ghost, and she was fine. <laughs> I got to say, I love 1800s scullying. I just love the comparison. <laughs> like, for one, it was a ghost. Mm -hmm. She did. Yep. She another did. one, oh, it's a drunk guy. But she lived like she God damn it. <laughs> it would have been so much funnier. <laughs> I'm sorry that a pregnant woman didn't die. Just got scared of a drunk dude. That's all. That's I mean, fun. you know what? I, I mean, get same it. sometimes. I get it. I get it. And I'm not even pregnant. I just get scared of drunk dudes. <laughs> you know, it was in Pioneer Square. I got approached by this drunk guy who grabbed me and I shoved my fingers in his eye. You didn't die. You no. shoved your fingers in his eye. I just shoved my fingers I mean, in I his rhymed. Eye. It's, it's it true. Rhyme. It's an effective way to deal with a drunk person. Anyway. Take notes, <laughs> listeners. <laughs> Gabby and Kim are unhinged. We're good. It rhymes. It rhymes. This is the rhyming episode. Hashtag wow. it rhymes. All right, Dr. Seuss. Okay. Uh, a Mr. Burgess, who worked as a brewer in Hammersmith, would give his own account of an encounter with the ghost. He would say, I was going through the churchyard between eight and nine o'clock with my jacket under my arm and my hands in my pocket when some person came from behind a tombstone, which there are four square in the yard behind me, and caught me fast by the throat with both hands and held me fast. My fellow servant, who was going on before, hearing me scuffling, asked what was the matter. Then, whatever it was, gave me a twist round and I saw nothing. I gave a bit of a push out with my fist and felt something soft, like a great coat. So again, I have to ask, are we sure this wasn't just another drunk person? Is this the episode where it's like, is it a ghost or is it a drunk person? Or is it a drunk person? Is that just like <laughs> the game? Well, like, so almost all the accounts where someone was being physically attacked. It seems like the newspaper was either completely exaggerating or people are being attacked by someone like a physical living human being. But because of all this hysteria around the ghost, they were just like, no, no, no. There's no way it could have been a human. It had to have been a ghost. Well, I think when you think about like the time period and context to your point of like early 1800s and ghosts and apparitions and spiritualism was such a big thing at this time. Like it was kind of trendy to think it's a ghost, right? Well, early 1800s though. Like, maybe maybe that was later then. Yeah, spiritualism. That was later 1800s. Never mind. I was going to say back. that. Yeah, that didn't really start to kick up. That was like 1870s, 1880s, I think. Well, because the Fox sisters. That were, was like 1890s. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's not that there wasn't any of this, but. but It wasn't as big. It wasn't as, it wasn't as big. Um, okay, like it, I, take I it think back. 18, 18, like late 1840s is where it really started to kind of like. Pick up. Pick up, pick up or become more of a thing. But uh, on this point, not everyone was convinced this was a ghost. In fact, a lot of people thought this was people that you know the, the the meat was people so there was an account of a man out walking late one night who spotted someone dressed in white and he confronted him uh it was an employee of the local butcher shop who was playing a prank by pretending to be the ghost <laughs> oh my gosh was it with like a piece of meat i don't think so <laughs> um there there was another incident involving a man walking home one night and he spotted a figure in white in the graveyard and he ran at them with a stick only to realize it was a woman walking home <laughs> 
I think this is my favorite one so far. Just a woman out walking. She's like, Bro. can you imagine that woman? Like, what are you doing, dude? Like, <laughs> she was probably terrified. Yeah, exactly. Well, and that's the whole point is that like people were legitimately terrified for, for every person who was maybe being a little bit more rational about it. Uh, people were afraid to leave their homes at night because they might run into this ghost. Like young men, they're wanting to prove they're all, I don't know, manly, I guess. They would go out looking for the ghost to beat him up. <laughs> I don't know, whatever you do with a ghost that's wandering around. Um, you run at them with a stick. Well, and that one was kind of interesting is that there was this very confrontational attitude about the ghosts, um, which I find fascinating. Because, like, if you think it's a person, sure. But if you think this is actually a ghost, what do you think you're going to do? Punch it? Punch its face? <laughs> Just like, hey, ghost, boom, I punched through your face. It's like every horror movie that has ghosts in it and people pointing guns at them yeah it's the same same shit (laughs) it's just like no no that's not how it works not how it works um well and, and again to that point there were a lot of people convinced that this was an actual living flesh and blood person right that makes more sense and the theories ranged from a mad woman of course. Just like out of nowhere. She's a mad woman. Or, or someone who was deliberately looking to scare travelers. In fact, a reward was offered up of 10 pounds for anyone who captured someone pretending to be a ghost. Sadly, though, it did not take long before something tragic would happen. Of course. Thomas Millwood. Uh, sometimes you will see him referred to as Thomas w- Millward. I don't know why, uh, but Thomas Millwood, I believe, was his actual name. He was a bricklayer. He wore what was apparently a normal outfit for bricklayers, which was white linen trousers, white flannel waistcoat, white apron, and white Uh-oh. shoes. Gabby, what do you think people thought he could be if they saw him? A ghost. Yeah. <laughs> and that he had been mistaken for the ghost before on previous occasions. His mother-in-law would later say, quote, on saturday evening he and i were at home for he lived with me he said he had frightened two ladies and a gentleman who were coming along the terrace in a carriage for that the man said he dared to say there goes the ghost that he said he was no more a ghost than he was and asked him using a bad word did he want a punch of the head i begged of him (laughs) to change his dress thomas says i as there is a piece of work about the ghost and your clothes look white pray do put on your great coat that you may not run any danger. I don't know what answer he made. He said he wished the ghost was catched or something of that sort. So she was concerned someone was going to mistake him for the ghost again and that it wouldn't be safe and he should wear a jacket over his outfit. Sure. Sadly, he did not listen to her. He was walking home on January 3rd of 1804 when a 29-year-old excess officer by the name of Francis Smith spotted him. Francis had possibly been drinking at the white heart pub with his friend william girdler uh, i read kind of varying accounts uh you know drinking and guns that's a winning combo oh yeah talk to anybody in america <laughs> but regardless Sorry, went there francis was out you know looking for the ghost he'd had sure. one encounter with the ghost on december 29th i also again read accounts that it was william girdler and not francis smith it's possible it was both of them together but anyway someone had seen him on the 29th 
He sees this apparition again. He pursues him. He'd later say he called out twice and that the figure didn't respond and continued to move in his direction. Francis was so afraid he would shoot the figure. When he went for a closer look at his ghost, he'd realize his mistake. Oh, no. Now, at this point, Francis did try and go get help. He ran into the pub, the White Hart, but it was too late. One account of the evening went as follows, quote, he was lying on his back, stretched out and quite dead. His left jaw was broken by a shot. Oh, damn. He got shot in the face. His cause of death was determined to be a single gunshot wound that entered his mouth and exited <gasps> through the back of his neck. Ooh, yeah. that's rough. Oh, Francis Smith would be arrested during the inquest. People would testify as to uh, the weather that evening. It was dark. It was hard to see. Witnesses who knew Francis Smith would testify on his behalf. He was a good man. He was well-intentioned. He wanted to help. He did not want to harm. Which also, like, uh, I, I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to make but anything political. But, well, no. But, like, isn't that basically every gun accident ever? That's true, actually. Yeah. I, I mean, like, I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to be political at all. It's just... <laughs> You're not wrong. Anyway. <clears throat> the coroner would declare that Millwood died of rash act of willful murder. Wow, that is detailed. It is detailed. Smith would stand trial and he would plead not guilty. Speaking in his own defense, he would say, my Lord, I went out with a good intention. And when this unhappy affair took place, I did not know what I did. Speaking to the deceased twice, and he not answering, I was so much agitated. I did not know what I did. I, I solemnly declare my innocence, and that I had no intention to take away the life of the unfortunate deceased or any other man, whatever. Which I, I feel for him. I do. Um, this was not a guy who was going out to be reckless. You know what this makes me think? What? Um, obviously this was a very long time ago and I don't think any of the like types of stuff I want to bring up <laughs> were happening at this time, sure. but if you could say that someone would plead insanity for something like that because it, they thought it was a ghost. Except he didn't. He thought it was a man. Well, when he first was shooting, he thought it was he a didn't ghost, know right what he right. thought what he knew was that somebody was coming towards him who refused to identify themselves. I don't think he thought it was a so ghost. So they didn't specify that it was a ghost. No. Well, because okay, he was one of the people then. out looking convinced that it wasn't a yeah. ghost. Okay. So again, I don't That's think detail. he was not ill intentioned. And I mean, maybe he thought it was a ghost, but still, I, you're going to be hard pressed to get an insanity. Yeah, no, that, that wouldn't be a good that's, insanity. That's not then. insanity. That is. No, that's a, just. You, you are aware of your actions and you're still intentional in your actions. Yep, that's true. So you know what you're doing, even if you think it's a ghost. You're of sound mind. Yeah. Again, okay, it's, a, it's a horrible it accident. Yeah. It's a, it's a horrible thing, but it's. It's not a cut and dry case. I mean, again, to me, this is why something like manslaughter exists. Like, right, exactly. You, you weren't necessarily intending to murder somebody, but, but you did. You did. Yeah. You did it. 
So Anne Millwood, who was Thomas's sister, she would testify because she had been with Thomas the night he was killed. Thomas had been at their parents' house, uh, which is where she lived. And according to her testimony, after her brother left, and this is a little bit long, so I apologize, but I felt like it was important. As soon as he was gone, I jumped up and went to the door. As soon as I got to the door, I heard a voice say, damn you, who are you? And what are you? Damn you, I will shoot you. And whilst they were speaking, the gun went off, and I saw the flash of fire from the gun. I went from the door and called Thomas as loud as I could three or four times, but nobody answered. Oh. I went to my mother and said, I, I do think my brother is <clears throat> shot. I did not stay for an answer, but went up to my father, who was in bed, and said, do get up, for my brother is shot. He would not believe me. And then I went into a room adjoining and awakened a young man. He would not believe me neither. I went to the window and called Thomas as loud as I could call. At last I said, well, if nobody will believe me, I will go myself. I ran out the door, and when I had got halfway from my father's house to my brother's, I saw my brother laying dead at the gate. I took hold of his right hand and said, speak to me, but he could not, for he was quite dead. His head was laying towards me as I went up to him. Oh, that's so rough. It's rough. But that tells you when the gunshot happened. It tells you when the gunshot happens. It also tells you the words she recalled. And again, this is her recollection, but it does match what, what was being said. Mm -hmm. Damn you, who are you? And what are you? Damn you, I will shoot you. But then the gun going off as they were speaking. Right, which didn't really give him much time to even answer. No. But also, in a moment, adrenaline is spiking through your body. You're yeah. not, you're reacting. You're scared. He was yeah. scared, which is maybe why somebody who was scared should not be carrying a firearm. But that's a whole <laughs> other story. Moral of the stories. Yeah. Maybe people are not always rational. <clears throat> oh, what? Really? No. <sighs> trying not to be political i'm trying so hard gabby you're mm. doing such a good job kim thank you thank you so much <laughs> after the testimony ended the the judge would instruct the jury and i thought this was really interesting i read the whole so here's the thing y'all i found the the transcripts of the trial nice. <laughs> nice. and i read them and they're i don't know what it is i i think it started with the manhattan murder well i really enjoy reading court transcripts from the 1800s well i feel like part of it is just the logic and the verbiage <laughs> i just the sound of it i love but i just the way people questioned i liked the pattern of speech i'm just it appeals to me anyway the judge would instruct the jury <laughs> however disgusted the jury might feel in their own minds with the abominable person guilty of the misdemeanor of terrifying the neighborhood Still, the prisoner had no right to construe such misdemeanor into a capital offense or to conclude that a man dressed in white was a ghost. In this case, there was a deliberate carrying of a loaded gun, which the prisoner concluded he was entitled to fire, but which he really was not. And he did fire it with a rashness which the law does not excuse. In all the circumstances of the case, no man is allowed to kill another rashly. That's not wrong. It's not wrong. Although, like, man, I wonder what that judge was thinking. 
I, I appreciate he was not being subtle in his own thoughts on the case. Although, to be fair, the judge and I are kind of lining up. Like, Grosif <laughs> went out and carried cases. a loaded gun. Like, he did. And and he thought he was entitled to all of this, and he fired. And look what happened. So, 1800s judge and I are apparently on the same page. <laughs> Should time travel and just go to a court case and observe and high-five him afterwards? I'm going to be like, bro, fist bump. And then he'll probably be real freaked out and call me a witch. That's fine. <laughs> Whole so. different type of trial to, con- to ensue. <laughs> Not the worst thing I've been called. <clears throat> All right. This is where things get even more complicated because the jury would come back finding him guilty of manslaughter. But the judges would reject that. Oh. Saying that the law wouldn't let them reduce the crime committed from murder to manslaughter the jury had to either find him guilty of murder or innocent because of lack of evidence 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 <laughs> we don't get to say it as much this episode we're gonna take no, it <laughs> we'll take it right now i was gonna say like that's pretty harsh that's well, like but in accordance with what british law was at that point remember yeah and and I think sometimes when we look at some of these historical cases, we do have to remember the context of the time and that laws were different. A little different. Mm-hmm. Yep. Not a whole lot of wiggle room there. So the jury comes back pronouncing that uh, he was guilty and he's sentenced to death. Sam. Fun side note. I oh. knew that the common mode of execution at this point was hanging. What I did not know was that when a prisoner was executed, the body was then sent to a medical college to be dissected. The more you know. You know what this reminds me of? Frankenstein. Burke and Hare. Oh, yeah, Burke and Hare. Mm-hmm. It's around that time. It is around that time. Uh, people objected to this sentencing, though. They were they were sympathetic to what had happened. Like, and again, so am I. Do I think this guy deserves to die? Absolutely not. That's no. just tragedy on top of tragedy. Right. It was a horrible and preventable accident, but it's just sad it's just sad it just and, sucks. and killing smith isn't going to do anything that's not going to bring anyone back that's not going to make it better and this case was getting a lot of publicity understandably so on january 25th of 1804 so this is a few weeks after the verdict smith received a pardon from the crown with the provision that he spend a year in prison oh damn okay but through all of this, oh no, people still, there are still people who think the ghost is real. Oh my God. People don't learn. And people don't learn. But also, this is a lot of encounters. Someone or something has to be out there, right? Sure. Enter one John Graham. Sure. John Graham was a shoemaker. He came forward in January of 1804, shortly after Millwood's death, to admit that he was the ghost. The ghost. <gasps> okay. I found this bonkers article from January 10th of 1804 that ran in the Morning Post, and it said, I love old-timey articles. <clears throat> the Hammersmith ghost, who so long made the night hideous in that quarter, has at length been discovered, and the magistrate before whom he was examined, doubtful to act in such a case, has been taken bail for his appearance. He is a shoemaker, 
of the name of Graham. When questioned as to the cause of his assuming so frightful a character, he said that he had done it in order to be revenged on the impertinence of his apprentices, who had terrified his children by telling them stories of ghosts. <laughs> what? A, that's ridiculous. Wow. So like, okay. We get this straight. Hold on. Mm, yeah. This yeah. shoemaker. <laughs> His apprentices scared his kids with some ghost stories. So he's like, hold my beer and creates a brand new ghost that starts prowling the streets. And then like punishes people that are not the apprentices. Well, so here's the thing. And, and, um, <laughs> like, it doesn't sound like every single of these encounters were him because, he and and I read a couple of varying accounts. The statement he gave only really admitted to one specific evening of doing it. And it was in late December, which doesn't account for any of the earlier sightings of the ghost. So, like, I don't think it was just this dude. But he felt enough guilt after all the stuff that was happening. He was like wanting to come forward and be like, listen, at least one of these was me. <laughs> So my question is, did it continue after he uh, came out? But wait, Gabby, there's more. Ooh. Okay, so first, nothing was really done about this Graham. Um, <laughs> because the ma the magistrate was kind of like, well, it's not really breaking the law. <laughs> it's not doing anything really wrong. Like, if you're not, gra like, it's different if you're attacking somebody, but if you're just like out there dressed as a, it reminded me a lot of the the creepy clowns, right? From, from oh, a number of I years ago. I forgot about those. People are dressing up as the creepy clowns. And if you're just kind of like existing as a creepy clown, that's not illegal. Like, it's weird and creepy. Were they like chasing people kind with of like mean. knives? Well, but see, that's illegal. But there were people who were just dressing up as creepy clowns and just existing as a creepy clown. So like, yeah, that makes you kind of a dick. But if that's all you're doing, that's not illegal. But was it? Hold on, now I have questions. Weren't there people getting attacked by this That's the ghost? difference. Yes, there were people being attacked, but that's the thing. Graham was not the one doing the attacking. From from what he was oh. saying, he was he had only dressed up on he only really admitted to one evening he dressed up. And there's a difference between dressing up and just like existing as this like ghost figure. Sure. And attacking people. Right. And the attacking people happened on a different period of time. So from what I read, he admitted to a specific evening in late December. But according to the accounts, like the sightings were starting in November, December. Mm. So sightings started before he did this. And the attack started before he did this? Too? I mean, because it's not every every sighting did not result in an attack. And also right. remember, a bunch of those attacks were embellished or made up. Mm. This is so hard to like pin down what actually happened. Yes, well, and that's the thing is that the newspapers were really embellishing a lot. So the 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 story about the pregnant woman is a great example. Uh, because Sorry. the newspapers are like she died, and no, she no, didn't. and and again, it was a drunk. It wasn't a ghost. the The story about the carriage probably made up. So how much of what was reported happening? Well. Okay, and and I'm gonna get to another point in just a second. So let me let me keep moving forward, and I'm gonna we're gonna be okay. circling back to this. So all right, 
So yes, we have these earlier sightings. And and to be fair, we will probably never know if it was one person behind the bulk of it or if it's just a collection of unfortunate incidents. Because most of these accounts weren't recorded until after Millwood's tragic death, which makes it really hard to reliably trace them. Mm, that's true. Because A, unless someone wrote down very specific details, being questioned after the fact is going to lead to them misremembering, probably embellishing. And you also have how much of this is, okay, this guy got murdered. This reminds me of that evening I was walking home and somebody grabbed me. But you don't know that that person grabbing you again was not just a drunk person, was not just a kid, was not just someone trying to rob you. It doesn't necessarily correlate. Exactly. But when we are looking back at our time, looking for these things, when I'm trying, when I know that this has been happening and I am trying to, it's, it's the same reason we don't, when, when we're sharing evidence, evidence, evidence. from our, our ghost hunts, we don't tell people what they should be looking for, what they should be hearing. We are so open to influence. If someone says that there has been a ghost prowling around, I'm remembering two weeks ago when I thought I saw something kind of weird. You know what? I bet it was a ghost. And I think that's a really, really important point. Yep. Would agree. Case closed. No, not quite. <laughs> Shucks. <laughs> because some of the sightings weren't done yet. Uh, shortly after all of this went down, there was another incident. Guards outside the Wellington barracks described about half past one o'clock in the morning. I perceived the figure of a woman without a head. Oh, now it's a woman, not a horse. Rise from the earth at the distance of about three feet before me. I was so alarmed at the circumstance that I had not power to speak to it which was my wish to have done, but I distinctly observed that the figure was dressed in a red striped gown with red spots between each stripe, and the part of the dress and figure appeared to me to be enveloped in a cloud. In about oh. the space of two seconds, whilst my eyes were fixed on the object, it vanished from my sight. That's very dramatic. What's, well, so this was also not the only person who saw this woman. But also, like, oh. woman? What? Woman? Is this a new ghost? What's going on? I love the detail of the descriptive, like, outfit. Oh, I love it. I outfit. love it so much. I'm uh, questioning, are the red spots blood, or is it, like, a design? Turns out, neither. <clears throat> oh, okay. Uh, hoaxes! Old-timey ah. Scully to the rescue! Oh, can't wait. Old-timey Scully for the win. This new ghost wasn't so much a ghost as it was a group of students from a nearby school who were pulling some pranks. Oh, really? They were using basically a, a magic lantern to project an image. Oh. Yeah. That's creative. Yeah, like old-timey magic lantern. Um, now, again, that should be the end of it, right? <laughs> should be. Sure isn't. Apparently it wasn't. In 1824, the ghost would ride again. <laughs> Only now he could breathe fire. <gasps> I thought he could breathe fire before, but apparently now he's breathing fire and it's new. No, th th that was you, Kim. You were the one breathing fire. <sighs> That's true. Why haven't any of the ghosts I've investigated breathe fire? 
I want a fire because they're ghost. scared of you because you breathe oh, a fire. That's why. I really want a fire breathing ghost. If someone can help us out, if you have Noted. a ghost in your life that breathes fire, you know where to find us. Please reach out. We would like to chat with them <laughs> and buy them ice cream. That sounds counterintuitive if you're breathing fire, wouldn't it, Mel? Exactly. That's <laughs> the plan, Gabby. That's the plan. <laughs> well, we are goofy this evening. By we, I mean me. I mean, hello, have you met me? That's true. Jesus. Now, people would continue to report sightings of the Hammersmith ghost until the late 1830s when Spring-Heeled Jack <sighs> popped up and oh, became the scarier him. boogeyman to talk about. Um, Anyone's unfamiliar with Spring-Heeled Jack? He was a creepy looking dude, sometimes described as looking a little bit like the devil who could leap tall buildings in a single bound. Wait, that's not right, is it? Anyway. Uh, he was big in Victorian folklore and probably that's, I mean, that's a whole episode. We can do Spring-Heeled Jack one day. That can, sure. uh, well, well, that'll pop up at some point. Now, weirdly, this case ended up having a lasting impact on the legal system in England. It, it oh. was brought up numerous times through the years uh, relating to cases where someone's actions, even violent ones, were acting in good faith while misunderstanding the situation. Interesting. Which is basically what happened. So in yeah. 1984, in the case of Regina V. Williams, which involved a man named Gladstone Williams, who saw a man dragging off a, a young person who was screaming for help. So he struck the man, Williams struck the man, believing that, that he was attacking or abducting this young person without realizing that the young person had actually been the one committing a crime and the man was detaining him. Oh, dang. So Williams was arrested and convicted of assault, but on appeal, the conviction was overturned and it was established that if a person believed that force was necessary to protect him or herself or to prevent a crime from being committed, even if they were in error, so long as that belief was reasonable and the prosecution could not prove otherwise, it was not a crime. That's awesome. Yeah, it's again, it's it's fascinating to me the ripple effect that that can happen with a case like this. I've been reading so much about that in school, mm -hmm. and so I love hearing about it here. Mm -hmm. It's uh, can't wait to like tell you about all the things I'm learning. It's great. <laughs> What's really interesting to me, though, Millwood's death created its own ghost story. Ooh. Because his body was first taken to a local pub, the Black Lion, and it stayed there for a few days after his death. The ghost of Thomas Millwood is said to haunt that pub. Heck yes. A former chef who worked there and lived there claimed that he used to see the apparition every night. In 2018, a woman said she was standing in the hall and saw someone run past her, but there was no one there. Classic ghost. Ooh, that's so creepy. <laughs> However, the current manager uh, has not noticed anything suspicious. His wife, I'm going to mispronounce the last name and I apologize, Jolanta <laughs> Mroxic says that neither her husband nor her have uh, noticed anything. They have a dog. Their dog hasn't noticed anything. I love this. Trust the dog. She was, she was quoted as saying, he is a very sensitive dog and would definitely notice paranormal activity in the building and react with barking. But I love he her. usually just sleeps all day. Classic dog. I really love her. 
but I, I, you do kind of have to appreciate that what started off as most likely a hoax did then turn into a genuine ghost story. You know what this reminds me of? What? Highgate Vampire. Mm-hmm. Just not that far from there. <laughs> no, it's true. Well, so when I was looking up the Black Lion pubs um, specifically, because I was trying to figure out if when I was living in the UK and in grad school, if I ever went uh-huh. there. Uh-huh. I'm still not sure. <laughs> what I mean, like, you know, you go to you go to a yeah. lot of pubs. Like we had our regular pubs we went to after classes, but <laughs> we used to hit up random pubs all the time. Uh sure. but next time I am in the UK, I absolutely want to go there now. Yeah, dude. You should. But that is the Hammersmith Ghost. I love it. I love a story that's like spooky in that way mm-hmm. but also like is it or are people worse like i love it <laughs> people you worse. know well i i just enjoy i mean like we we've talked about we've talked about this both on the podcast and off the podcast yes, that true. uh it can be hard sometimes with some of these haunted locations or some of these ghost stories to there's not necessarily a whole lot of interesting story behind it that's what makes it hard to cover topics. What? Well, no, no, it's it's one of the things we talk about when we're trying to find a ghost story to cover. Is that yeah. a lot of ghost stories, the incidents are like, and something moved. Oh no! And there was a ghost. <laughs> oh no! A uh, door opened. A door opened. <laughs> oh no! But but the, it's an orb. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> but there's there's not a lot of substance, and if you can't fully dig into the history, if you can't find a specific incident. Yeah. What are we actually covering? So, yeah, I love stories like this where you can actually look at the whole history and lore kind of surrounding it. And and it was such it was just so bonkers. Sure. So I I had gone into this. I love it. Knowing about the case, but not having done a whole I, I mostly knew about the court case. I didn't know about I'd never heard anything about the the origin of the actual ghost, the 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 um the man who who had uh, committed suicide or any of that so i found that fascinating i read a number of very cool books that had chapters about this or or had huge sections devoted so and and you can find that in our show notes our, our source materials but uh yeah this was this was kind of a fun one to do a little bit a little bit different even though i just i love it it's, i thought it was a really fun one yeah really like one. which i feel a little bad saying fun because it, it is attached to a tragedy but it it's it's a bonkers what is a case. topic uh, that yes. we cover not like truly like 99% of the time they are unless it's a cryptid usually you that's have the to, case. You have to sometimes find the humor and tragedy or go and it's just weird it's like so I weird. just the the fact that people are so quick to believe certain things blows my mind. Like I want to I want to take time. note that you're the one that just said that and not me. I'm do for those of this is an audio medium. <laughs> I'm just posing really cute for Kim right now to be like, see, look what you've done to me. I just, I'm thinking back to what, like 115 episodes ago, whatever episode number. <laughs> oh this my is. god, this is 116. This is 116. Yep, 116. you're right. Good 115 job. episodes ago, and like, man, I got some shit for me <laughs> sometimes <laughs> because. <laughs> the delivery to be fair <laughs> but but no but because but like the 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 you know 
the 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 scully the scully i i appreciate that that like i have awakened your your scully a little bit you have brought her out from within mm-hmm. i really think a great halloween costume one year would be to make like a prosthetic or like <laughs> Not prosthetic, but that'd be kind of, I mean, maybe, sure, if we have the time. But, like, or a styrofoam head of Mulder and put it on my shoulder, and I can wear my Scully wig, and I'll be both Scully and Mulder at the same time and just confuse the shit out of people. It's like, this is very, like, Michael Scott. Yeah, but I am the X-Files. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's true. (laughs) Be funny. But it's just, like, the embodiment of who I've become now. That's all. No, no, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Uh... But very much a Michael Scott moment. Yeah, yes. you're not wrong. <laughs> and I'll have to throw that's what she said in. Hey. That's what they said. That's what that's what everybody said. As the yeah, oh no, what topic. was it in grad school we used to say? As the novice said to the vicar. That's what I she thought said. there was another one of like as the actress said to me. the vicar. That also. <laughs> the I love the vicar involved. Oh, that's the old. That's the old timey. <laughs> that's what she said. That's the origin. Of, that's what she said. I love it. Love an origin story too. By the way, mm. like. I feel like anytime we can do an origin story of something, it's just so interesting. I heard orgy story. Sorry, what? Kim, <laughs> ma'am. <laughs> Listen, it's been a long Kim week. needs to get some happy Galentine's Day. Girl. And happy <laughs> Valentine's Day to um, the anniversary of us doing an episode about a woman who married a ghost. Oh, jeez. Um, and then one then getting some shit from that. <laughs> I know. That was such a funny episode to do, though. Yeah, that was uh, this- many, many moons ago. That was our first Valentine's with the podcast. It had to have been episode like. It was. What? Oh. 10? Uh, <laughs> I mean, that had to, that was early days, wasn't it? That was. Yeah, it was our first Valentine's yeah. one. And it was so dumb. I just mm-hmm, remember, mm-hmm. like, we were trying so hard to not laugh and really had a hard time with it. I think um, I've, I've tried to listen to some of the early episodes and then I stopped them because I can't. This is too hard. It's awful. <laughs> At some but point, we should we should move those early episodes to our Patreon. <laughs> you're not wrong. We probably should. But for those of you who are curious, it's way from back in the day. I think it was 20. No, it was 2020. 2020. It was. No, it was. Oh it my was, gosh, yeah. it was 2020. Because we was, started just uh, Valentine's before. Day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Valentine's Day 2020. It was. Let me find it. I have it right here. Um, yes, it was called. Love is dead, so I married a ghost. Two eleven twenty twenty. Have you ever been so lovesick that you decided to marry a ghost? No. <laughs> well, the people in this episode did. Uh, anyway, if you want to laugh and uh, a light-hearted time, sometimes we need those in between these episodes. Go back and listen to that one. In the meantime, you <laughs> get to hear about this ghost and Happy Valentine's Day. Hey, <laughs> this comes out after um, Valentine's Day. Hey. Yeah, it sure does. Um, <laughs> as like a week later, where none that's of this fine. is relevant, but um, for us, Valentine's Day is tomorrow, so that's why we're talking about it. Anyway, no one cares. It's fine. Um, having said that, this brings us to. Creepy Critics Corner! Creepy Critics Corner! Kim, <laughs> what, you, what you been watching? Uh, so I started watching True Detective Night Country, which is the nice. new season of True Detective. And, and full disclosure, um, I watched season one. I tried to watch season two. <laughs> Same. <laughs> didn't get very far. Didn't 
try season three at all. I'm told I should go back and look at season three, so I might do that later. But um, I'm a huge, huge fan. Well, I mean, I, I enjoy Jodie Foster as an actor. I love Fiona Shaw, who's in this. And Christopher Eccleston, I didn't even know he was going to be in this. His American accent is freaking me out. No, it really is. I did not recognize him partially because of his American accent, because I'm so used to seeing him as like the doctor with his very heavy. Anyway, um, uh, but I um, Isa Lopez. Who is uh, writing and directing the series. In fact, my second thing I'm going to talk about was also hers. I'm a big nice. fan of hers. So I was really, really intrigued when I heard about it. And I have to say, um, I've really been enjoying it. It's funny. I've read some critiques that it's too slow. I love a slow burn, though. I, I love the atmospheric, and I, I really love there is – it takes place in Alaska. Cool. Uh, and I like that they're really bringing in – there is a very heavy supernatural element running through it. Ooh. Which I super dig, but I can also understand if – you're looking for a really tr traditional detective story that that might be a little bit off-putting. But I've really been enjoying it. I don't find it slow at all. I find it very compelling. I find the mystery compelling. I think the cast is fantastic. Um, do I think it's a perfect show? No, there's some things I, I think are a little bit problematic. But it's highly entertaining. I think it's really well done. So um, True Detective Night Country, I think, check it out. The finale airs... I think wow, it's already on the finale. Well, it's it was sh short. Uh, How many I, episodes? I think it's only six episodes in total. Oh, that is short. Yeah, because even shortened series are usually eight episodes. So, huh? By the time this episode, by the time our episode comes out, the full series should be available to watch. So, I have not watched the finale nice. yet, but I'm caught up otherwise. Now, um, the other thing I'm going to talk about, I couldn't remember if I had mentioned this before, but I figured, well. It is a a movie <laughs> worth mentioning. Is sure. um, Issa Lopez's other work that she is is well known as uh, well well known as high well known from, which is uh, a movie called Tigers Are Not Afraid. I don't think you've talked about it because I don't recognize it. Is um, and again having this kind of lovely supernatural element running through it but but it's uh it's a, a a horror film with a lot of magical realism in it that's awesome i like that it's heartbreaking but it's so well done and you're following this young girl named estrella mm -hmm. and her her mother um like uh, she lives in in Mexico, and and you have the the uh, drug war kind of happening around them, mm -hmm. and um, it, she ends up kind of taking up with this group of other children who have all been essentially orphaned by everything happening around them, uh, and it's 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 them surviving and. I, I don't it's I it's 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 one of those things where you're you're kinda you don't want to give a whole lot away. I wanna say just go yeah. watch it. Sure. Um it's beautiful, it's it's sad, 
but it's uh it's just such a well done film i I first watched on shutter so i don't know if it's still streaming there but Mm -hmm. uh again isa lopez beautiful work so this is the (laughs) little celebration of all of her work that's what i've been that's what i've been watching and then the last drive-in with joe bob briggs valentine special where we watched vamp and freeway which if nice. you've never watched either movie, both are a trip. Nice. Uh, yeah, that's that's kind of what I've been watching. What you've been watching? It's funny that you talked about True Detective because I also have been watching True Detective, oh. but just finishing season one. Did you um, Had you never seen season one before? So I had, mm-hmm. but my tiny, I think I talked about it maybe on our last, when we, when we had started, when we recorded our last episode, I think I had just started it I think again. you just started it, yeah. Yeah. It's because Terrence hadn't seen it. And so mm. with the new season coming out, I'm, r- I'm really, really excited to see the new season. I've heard great things about it. I think Guillermo del Toro even did some of the design in it, which is really exciting. Oh. Hmm. Like there's apparently like a human popsicle situation, which I... Oh, in the new season? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I think he designed it. Like that was a Guillermo del Toro Oh, design. I didn't realize that. Yeah. And I love anything he does. Anything he does, sign me up for. So like hearing that about this season can't wait um but i'm of the mindset of what everyone has told me of don't watch season two just skip it and so we've planned to start season three it's just been with the amount of time that i have not had to spend watching tv uh because of school um i've not watched a ton lately uh Mm -hmm. the only Mm -hmm. things i've been watching have been i need to disassociate and turn my brain off and not pay attention to something. Therefore, I will watch Married at First Sight because <laughs> that's, that's your my go to. It's my go to. I need to turn my brain off. These people are nuts sure. that I have to watch. Sure, it. Sure, like sure. the fact that people would be willing to like get married to a total stranger and then have to put up with them for eight weeks and live with them. Like this sounds like a psychological analysis of the human mind, sure. like <laughs> more than anything, but also it's just like wild how some people actually work out and then you get really excited for the sweet couples and they say really sweet things and it's very heartwarming. But then wow. the other ones are like, y'all should just like cut it and run now, please don't <laughs> torture us the rest of the time. Um, but there's a new season of that, that we have like pinned down to, to watch. Okay. Um, and so I've been, when I say we, it's not just me that likes to watch them now. Now Terrence is watching them with me and getting like really invested, which I think is really funny uh, because I'm not even as invested in it as he's become. So <laughs> it's, you know, it's a good time to, to, to watch stupid stuff that you don't have to care about much and don't have to think too hard about um, sure, sure, when sure, the sure. rest of life can be uh, a lot. Sure. <laughs> so that's kind of where I've been. I'm sure the next time we we record, I'll have more things to talk about because my finals will be over by then um, and I'll have more time to watch some fun stuff. But for now, <laughs> I'm a little bit boring um, because I haven't been watching much. So I'm so sorry to not contribute too much. However, I did watch um, there. This is actually part of my homework was I watched a um, cross-examination of the Mass Casualty Commission for Canada and Nova Scotia. Mm. Um, Because what's wild, speaking of, like, gun control today, uh, is that in Nova Scotia, like, there was the deadliest shooting. Mm -hmm. And the Mm -hmm. way that they were examining, trying to understand what happened was through a... um, it was through a psychological um, autopsy. Mm. And the evaluation of the cross-examination is with 
um, two uh, forensic psychologists, one who went to my school and taught the class that I'm taking right now, hmm. which is why we're watching it. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it was really interesting to see an actual like court process, but in Canada, which was also sure, a different sure. thing than what we're used to seeing. Yeah. Um, but I watched like a three hour thing on that. It's just not really worth <laughs> getting into details about here. Sure. But um, it was about like the psychological assessments, um, which are really interesting. But cool. yeah, that's what I've been watching. It's either psychological assessments or trash TV. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> very different ends of the spectrum. Yeah, you know. Yeah. We, we each bring something to the table, guys. <laughs> Uh, but having said that, thank you for listening. This is a really fun topic. I really enjoyed today. Um, yeah. And if you enjoy what we do, head on over to our Instagram, Facebook, whatever Uh you use social media wise, we generally post on there. You can say hello. Thank you to those who generally do say hello and leave us some comments. We appreciate you. And we are still taking questions Questions. because we're going to be doing some videos yes and we've gotten a couple from people that i'm holding on to Uh for us to do uh but if you do have additional questions and you missed the boat on our episode where we answered the questions feel free to keep sending them to us on our instagram preferably Uh um and if you like what we do head on over to apple podcasts and spotify um and leave us a rating a review preferably a nice one please um (laughs) if you also want to contribute financially it helps us help others like you know i mean our awesome editor thank you max yes max you're Um, amazing thank you so much saving our lives during this time that i decided to go to grad school um (laughs) you're an angel baby we love you uh thank you so much max um and uh having said that thank you for listening and Stay